That was the shot they wanted. They couldn't get something to win another pass. Wow, wow. Jones to Stanley again. Boy, that is a fast break. This is the Five Point Play Podcast, Die Hard Duke Basketball Fans Podcast, coming off a massive win in the Champions Classic, 68-66 over Kansas. The number four team in the country, the Duke Blue Devils, uh, taking over Madison Square Garden again. AC and I were there, mm-hmm. and we're going to touch on that right away. But the other topics that we're going to talk about on this week's podcast are... After that game, some notable overreactions. (laughs) We want to talk about the new 20-game ACC schedule that really kicked off yesterday, Tuesday night, uh, but it's going all week. And uh, how are our feelings about it? The notable games and and notable players that we should be taking a look at, Cole Anthony being one of them. Then we're going to talk about recruiting because last week we picked up a couple massive pickups for Duke, both in next year's class and then in 2021, and then we'll wrap things up with the preview of our next couple games starting Friday night against Colorado State. Back at home in the friendly confines of Cameron. But AC, let's start it right up at the mm-hmm. Garden. You were there. I was there. Yes, sir. I certainly didn't expect Duke to come away with the win. Hand up, patting my chest here. I was wrong. I'm happy to be wrong. <laughs> Uh, I was happy to buy you a couple of drinks last night. But really, what were your overall impressions of Duke and how that game went against Kansas? It was it was first of all, it was fun. Like that was that was a fun game to start the season with. Jay Billis talked about it, Coach K talked about it. This is an amazing event to open the college season and and it's been mentioned that this is kind of an opening day, an official, finally an official opening day for college basketball, which it's desperately needed some kind of opening day for years. Like, you know, this is the one sport that, you know, people love so much and they don't really have, you know, you can, you can kind of say they never really had an official opening day, official opening day. It just, you, the game started and it would be, you know, Oregon versus central Oregon state. And, you know, that's kind of how it went. And finally college basketball has something that they can hang their head on as, this is how things get started, much like the NBA does when they put the best teams together. You know, it, it's it's a great way to start the basketball season. Loved it. Loved the event. Loved it in Madison Square Garden. And loved it for the Devils because all the talk about what this defense could do to teams, they did it. They went out and they did it. You know, in, and like we kind of talked about before in podcasts in the past, offensively, this was a team we kind of expected exactly what they would do. They, you know, were a little bit inefficient. They They had trouble getting getting going on the offensive end, no real rhythm. Some of the guys really showed out. Cash showed out. Matt Hurt showed out. Trey showed out. You know, we, we had some good performances by guys, but overall it was, there was not a lot of flow in this offense, not a lot of rhythm in this offense, but you can see where the possibilities are as soon as they learn each other and as soon as they learn the system. It, the, the offense will and can get better with this team because the tools are there for it. It's just going to take a little while, and, and we've talked about that before. Uh, but then, like I mentioned, the defense, like the defense lived up to the name. Like we, we talked about how good this defense could be. Everyone talked about how good this defense could be. And, and it showed 28 turnovers to Kansas. I mean, you can't talk about it any other way than we forced them way out of their game plan, which is they wanted to feed the post. 
they couldn't do it. So we forced them into an outside perimeter scoring team, and that's not their strength right now. And it was great to see, and it was great for this team to create that havoc for them. You know, it's always great to win a game and then be able to make adjustments, look at film, and, you know, have learning moments, as Coach K likes to say. Mm-hmm. I'd rather much I'd much rather do it after a top five win than Correct. do it coming off of a loss. But there's a lot of things that you can improve on. We knew coming into this game that they would play at least I did. I, I felt like they would play exactly how they did offensively. It would be mm-hmm. very inconsistent. It would be very sloppy. It uh lacked a lot of cohesion. Coach K was shuffling in and out different lineups that you know, I, there were a couple lineups out there that I couldn't even believe were there. Uh, yeah. You know, Jordan Goldwire coming back in the second half uh, in a critical moment, I wasn't a huge fan of that move. But, you know, I do want to say that there were a couple moments in that game where you saw, you know, a couple guys just start to emerge. And for me, there were the three freshmen. There were Cassius Stanley, who I came away with as the most impressive guy on our team. Uh, I didn't think that he had the best night of anybody. I thought that was Trey, but I thought Cassius was the most impressive because I did not expect that. I thought Vernon Carey really held his own. He mm-hmm. was a monster down there. He, you know, he went up against the biggest front line that he's going to see all season long. Yep. He stepped out, knocked down a couple threes to keep defenses honest. They're going to have the game plan for that. That's going to open up the lane. Matthew Hurt, there was a three in the second half very, very late that he didn't even hesitate from the corner. Those are the types of plays that you want to see from veterans. And for these freshmen on the biggest stage in Madison Square Garden for their first collegiate game to make those kind of plays, make those kind of efforts, that that gives me a good feeling that even though we're not where you know most Duke teams have been in the past, coming into the season offensively, we can get there. And defensively, like you said, uh, look, if, if we're starting the season that way defensively and we can keep that up, then it's going gonna, it's gonna to build well for us going down into the 20-game ACC <laughs> schedule. For sure. And, and it, what it, it spoke to what we talked about before about how versatile this team is defensively. I mentioned it. I didn't agree with Chris Vitola when he said that they weren't versatile defensively. I think they absolutely are, and I'll say it again, and it showed because they were able to play so many different styles last night. They were able to double the post when they needed to. They were able to deny the post when they needed to with just a single player. They were able to force the post guys to catch away from the basket, which is yet another way to to force a team out of their habit of trying to feed the post, make them catch 20, you know, 10, 15 feet away, and, and they did that. They did it a lot, forced David McCormick into a a lot of free throw line jumpers force the Souza to have to put the wall on the floor, something he's not comfortable doing. You know, uh, you Udoka Zabuke was barely even in the game because he was, you know, pretty inefficient, pretty, well, not inefficient, but pretty ineffective outside of his, his three for four shooting performance, which, you know, all dunks like he usually does. So it was, it was great to see our team be able to do that on top of force Devin Dotson into one of the most irrelevant 17 point performances I've probably ever seen in college. 17 points seems like oh, a good night for him, but you see he had six turnovers to to one assist. Very Just very ineffective game. Every time he brought the fl- ball down the floor, as soon as he hit the top of the key, he was passing the ball up, giving to somebody else because he didn't want it because Trey was on him so hard, man. It was, it, was, it was a really good performance defensively to see them do that. And then the timely shots, the big shots you mentioned, the freshmen stepping up, hitting big shots, Matt Hurt, Cassius Stanley, Vernon. 
you know, they, they hit shots when they needed them and they were able to make runs, small runs when they needed to do it. So that's all very, very positive stuff moving forward in the future to be able to, to get those nine point runs in a game where you really weren't very smooth offensively. And you talked about those lineup shuffles. I think that's one reason why we weren't so fluid offensively. I mean, yeah. we were bringing in, you know, three and four different defensive type lineups. So of course you're going to suffer some on offense when you do that. The main thing is, can you stop them from scoring? And for the most part, we were able to, they had that stretch in the second half where they went up nine and we had a defensive lineup in the game for that. And they went up on us on that lineup. So in, in that stretch, the defense wasn't as effective as we wanted it to be needed to go back to something more offensive. And we did that, but then the defense was still present to be able to help us go on that, that little nine Oh run or whatever it was. We went on to bring that game back to a tie after those two huge caches dunks. So versatility and, and big time tough performances are going to be the hallmark of this team this year. And when we can get some flow, we're going to be a really, really good basketball team. And I didn't think anybody was tougher on Duke than Jack White last night. Mm-hmm. Jack White, whatever it is about Madison Square Garden, yep. I wish we could play all our all of our games there because <laughs> something about that building and Jack White, you know, he just becomes a monster. His stat line was only one of three. He hit a huge three, though, in the second half. He took it in rhythm. I wish there were a couple other opportunities he had where he hesitated. Just mm-hmm. let it go. You know, Alex did the same thing, but I thought yep. both of them overall played pretty well. But I really loved, and I think it deserves a shout-out, the the energy and the toughness, the physicality that Jack White brought. If he brings that every single game, you know, we talked about it a lot last year. You know, I think that his poor shooting really, you know, kind of brought his overall game down last year. And this is, you know, this is the Jack White that we need. We don't need him to, to you know, have 10 shots, but we do need him to, to have, you know, six, seven rebounds, a couple of steals, a couple of blocks, you know, be one of our best defenders, most uh, physical defenders. So huge shout out to him. You mentioned the two Cassius dunks. The highlight was just an unbelievable pass from Caius. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus, Trey Jones. <laughs> uh, and that's not going to be the first time that happens this year. <clears throat> it looked like Caius did justice. That's what it felt like. It was a very Caius-like pass, man. It really was. And so for Trey to make that, mm-hmm. at that point of the game, the ball was in the right spot at the right time, and Cassius knew what to do with it. I am so jacked up for Cassius. He is a phenomenal athlete, but he has a more polished game than I thought he would this early. Yeah, he it it looks – seriously, we talked about it a little bit. It looks boring almost. Like his, his athleticism is so fluid and so effortless, you, don't, you almost don't notice it. Be, because it's just happening like you know there's some athletes you see him and like john let's take john wall for instance john wall is very like explosive herky-jerky type of athlete he's not a he's not a smooth type of athlete he you notice his athleticism because it's just so explosive cash is explosive but it's it's like explosive explosive off of a couple of steps like you know he doesn't have to get going he doesn't need space like he's just all of a sudden doing it and but you don't even notice it happened like it just happened there are a couple of rebounds he had where he was just off the ground man and you just you don't even notice it because he's just going up and grabbing a rebound that's what it looks like but then you realize what he did and who he went over and it's like oh my god dude this guy the speed to get out on those those two breaks with trey like, all of that man like it was just it, it's just noteworthy athleticism that just looks so effortless and smooth i love every bit of it 
he's the absolute most athletic guy we have on this team, and we have a decent amount of athletes. I mm-hmm, thought mm-hmm. that Alex O'Connell, he's gotten bigger this season. Mm-hmm. I love his driving ability. He, when he's in rhythm, he is one of the best shooters we have in the ACC. He just mm-hmm. has to, to continue to shoot in rhythm. Big win for Duke. We needed it. Provides us a lot of confidence going forward in the rest of the season. Coming off of this game, much like last year, there were a lot of overreactions. We called it the hot take segment last year. That was an overreaction. After the two exhibition games and then Arkansas, there there are certainly some notable overreactions, one of which, AC, I know you want to bring up where you know Duke most likely is going to be the new number two team in the country. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be fun. So yeah, well, so I'll 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 bring up I'll bring up my overreaction and and, uh, and you and you just you take bring me down, man. Bring me up, bring me off the ledge. All right, <laughs> that's how we're gonna do this thing. I love it. All right, you ready for it? Here we go. Duke is the number two the number two team in the nation after this night because they beat Kansas and Michigan State lost. We're number two in the nation now. Let's go, baby. Number two, maybe number one. Let's go. <laughs> that was an overreaction. Yeah, you know. So we came into this season, um, everybody's head is down talking about how we could barely beat a Division II team. Uh, there's a lot of validity in that. We talked about all of our, all of our weaknesses, uh, you know, in our game against Kansas. You know, while they had 28 turnovers, and that is a credit to our defense, they still had 28 turnovers. I don't know that this team is going to force 28 turnovers again this season. Um I don't know that Kansas will have 28 turnovers again in their season. Not to mention the fact that, you know, we're just we're trying to figure out who we are right now. We, we know that we have a decent defensive team. We're athletic. But with the parity uh, in the top 20 this season in college basketball, uh, to say that we are the number two team in the country, I think, is a little banana land. Uh, I think Florida is one of the best teams in the country. We talked about them in a uh you know kind of an opening podcast that we had uh you know kentucky is good michigan state is good kansas is still good louisville is still good uh carolina is still good there's a lot of teams out there oregon that Mm -hmm. you know on any given night can beat us and does that really make us the number two team in the country with the way we performed uh i i don't think so i think that's a gross overreaction but there we are we will be uh, unless something crazy happens on Friday night, we'll be the number two team in the country. All right, I feel I feel a little better, man. Thank you for thank you for bringing me down. Sure, thank no you. problem. I really appreciate it. Uh, I want to I want to jump right in here uh, because after that first exhibition game, uh, Bernie Carey played about nine minutes, uh, had three fouls in his first you know couple possessions. You know they were playing on uh, Northwest Missouri State, the defending. D2 national champions, and I heard a lot of overreactions that Vernon Carey just wouldn't be that good this year. He was extremely overhyped and overranked coming into uh, into college, and that's why his stock uh, continued to drop. And uh, that that we we should be terrified, and we need uh, the rest of our bigs to pick up the slap because Vernon Carey is going to be no good. That was an overreaction. Yeah, yeah, just a little bit. That's a, that. That's what we call an overreaction. Okay, like calm down a little bit. All right, Vern, Vernon is he's great. He's great. He's gonna be great for us. You saw it last night against Kansas, going against a huge front line 
really able to to get good shots, whether they fell or not, they're not going to fall the way they're going to fall in November, the way they'll fall in, in February and March. He's going to get shots. He's going to get opportunities. The way he used his body was great. He played decent defense, man. Like, and then he, then you take into account that he can step out. Now he can take bigs out to the perimeter. He can shoot. His shot was is clearly effective. And he's going to get those opportunities to shoot that way, unguarded, off of curls, off of picks, pick and pop situations, things like that. So it, he's, he's a great player. That Northwest Missouri State game was a combo of a small team that played small ball and we really needed needed some guys who can guard on the perimeter. He's not he's not going to guard on the perimeter well, so he needed guys who can guard on the perimeter. On top of, you know, let's let's see what we have on this team outside of somebody like Vernon. Let's go, let's see what we can do on the perimeter. Let's it's you know, those exhibition games are feel out games for coach K to see feel out different lineups and things. So, Vernon didn't play the minutes he would normally play in the season. He didn't play the position he would normally play in the season, and they didn't feed him the ball the way they would normally feed him the ball. So, Let's pump the brakes. Vernon is just fine. We're very happy to have him on this roster. And quite frankly, he, he's going to be one of the motors that makes this team go. If we are going to find an offensive identity, he's going to be a part of that, feeding him the ball in the post and working around it. Yeah, so I let's calm down. Overreaction. <laughs> he, he played 25 minutes last night, and I think that that's probably perfect for him. Uh, yeah. Again, he played yeah. against the biggest front line that he's going to face all year. Uh, I don't see him on top of the fall out there anywhere. So I think that's it. You know, won't be good with that. And let's um, not forget, this summer he had an injury that he had to nurse a little bit, so he wasn't able to condition with the team the way right. he wanted to either. So it's it's going to take him all of this season to become a thirty-minute player. Big deal, no big deal. So after the first exhibition game, uh, this is where <laughs> most of these uh, overreactions come from. Mm-hmm. Uh, there mm-hmm. was a lot of chatter, and and even I said myself that uh, I thought that Goldwire should start, mm-hmm. and I thought that he earned it, and I think that that's kind of with this defensive-minded team. Uh, needed. And mm-hmm. so he did start. Uh, he, he started against Kansas as well. That doesn't mean that he needs to, to have starters. Man, it's AC. The overreaction Listen. that I saw was that the best backcourt that we have is Trey and Goldwire. Listen, is man. That true? Yes, listen. Look, it's, uh, it's unmistakable. Powerhouse Northwest Missouri State, and you put Goldwire and Trey back there, and all they did was create steals and and stop them from from getting to the basket and shooting the way they needed to shoot. It was a great defensive lineup. This team's identity is defense. Jordan Goldwire and Trey Jones, clearly the best backcourt available at Duke right now. Clearly, that was an overreaction. Yeah, so I'm going to tell you that maybe pump the brakes on that as well, and. You know, let's talk about. Segment, by the what, way, it's one of my favorite segments ever. <laughs> well, you know, I think that first of all, we we opened it up with talking about how good Cassius Stanley is. I think mm-hmm. what we, we really need to talk about is who do you put with Cassius and Trey? Do you want to put it with Wendell Moore? Or personally, what I'd like to see, and I came away encouraged by the play of Alex O'Connell. Mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. like that that gives us our most versatile team offensively. And mm-hmm. we still have plenty of, uh, of solid defenders. And I think Wendell Moore, at least for the time being until the game slows down for him, should be coming off the bench. And with, with no disrespect intended to, to, to Jordan, he, he is a good defender, but he does struggle defending in the half court. I thought we saw mm-hmm. uh, that last night. Uh, we saw you know his man continually get past him into the lane. 13 minutes. If, if if he's not making stops, should be cut down to about five to eight. And 
you know, really is four on five on offense when, when, when Jordan's on, on the floor. I didn't, I, I haven't seen him take that leap that he'd like to uh, in terms of his offensive repertoire, being able to knock down shots. He has to be that Tyler Thornton where if they're going to leave you open, you got to be able to knock down the shot. And, and he's not mm-hmm. that. And, you know, that's kind of where he has to be. You know, that, that mm-hmm. should be like his goal to be Tyler Thornton. So no, not not in any way, shape, or form is that the best backcourt. I'm okay with you starting it that way. That doesn't mean he, that that backcourt needs to be there for starting minutes. If you want to give Trey a break for two minutes, because we know Trey is going to pay 38 to 40 minutes a night, mm-hmm. then that's fine. But that is by far not the best backcourt that we have. All right. I, I, okay, I feel a little better about that now. So sorry about that, guys. That's... A little bit of an overreaction there. <laughs> Sorry, I apologize. <laughs> but speaking of four and five, four and four on five on on offense, I believe you have a, an overreaction that that needs to be addressed, and 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 ever so delicately at that. <laughs> very 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 delicately, and I'm going to break it down into three items. So after we lost to Michigan State last year, uh, one of the highlights that we can take from that game, if we could, was the Javon Delarier had a, a double-double. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was talked about how that was his best game of the season, uh, something like 11 points, 10 rebounds, or so, somewhere around that neighborhood. He uh, he played decent defense in that game as well. Uh, people forget that last year he was uh, approaching the ACC record for most consecutive baskets made. Um, I think we need to pump the brakes that, you know, coming into this year that Javin was going to be uh, on the verge of a double-double guy. That was an overreaction. That he, um, as he so eloquently put it at the ACC Media Day, the coaches are encouraging him to step out and knock down shots. Overreaction. Uh, <laughs> I can promise you, Jab, that if you take one of those outside jumpers, <laughs> you will be brought right to the bench. So if you expect a double-double out of Jamin Delarie, you're sadly mistaken. Um, and I have a, I'll, I'll give you the mic, AC, but I have a great idea what you can do with those 14 minutes of Jamin Delarie. So we, <laughs> we heard a lot about, you know, Joey Baker did not play, and we'll talk a little bit about him um, in the recruiting segment. But, you know, Joey Baker did not fit into that game. But, you know what, Jamin, as you, as you said, is basically like playing four on five on offense. We know that Joey can score. I didn't see Jav, you know, doing a whole lot else <laughs> out there. Uh, I would, I would give at minimum half of Javin's minutes to Joey. That way, Joey could get on the floor. We can see what we got. Yeah, it's not a bad idea. So, here, so here's the thing with Jav. So here's what we have with Jav. We have, we have five athletic fouls who can opportunistically get a bucket every now and then. As we saw with that three point play he had. The problem with Jav is no, he's not a shooter. He shouldn't be shooting. He's just, that's not his game. Like we, that experiment started two or three years ago and hasn't gotten anywhere. You know, it's just one of those things. That player is not a player that's going to become, you know, a a great shooter, at least in college. Like maybe one day down the road, he learns how to do it right now for Duke. That's not his role. That's not his niche. He had a couple of nice moments in that game. He forced Azubuke to catch the ball away from the basket quite a few times, was able to play him one-on-one on defense a couple of times and force him in, into a bad shot or a turnover. 
he was able to do things like that, corral a couple of rebounds here or there, make some hustle plays here or there. He does that. He's he he is like he's a player that looks doesn't look like a good player. Like you see him, he does not look like a good player at all. And and magically still comes up with some decent plays for your team, some decent help helpful and winning type plays for your team. He does that on occasion. But you have to trade the good with the bad sometimes. And again, if this team is going to find an offensive identity, just like we talked about with Goldwire just now, it's the same thing with him. His time has to be limited on the court because it is four on five when he's on the court. He's not somebody you're going to funnel the play through in order to get a shot. You know, Vernon, Matt, all those guys, of course, you know, we're going to funnel the game through them. Wendell Moore is going to be a guy eventually on the offensive end that is going to show out. He's going to show us what he can do on the offensive end eventually, eventually as soon as he can he can find his pace within the game. So we we have those guys. We have scores. Javin's not one of those guys. And, you know, in those defensive stretches where we might need a, a guy to foul or might need a guy to, to you know, just go in there and, and give somebody some hell down low, then, yeah, bring him in. Bring him in and let him do his thing and then get him right back out as soon as we can start making some some headway and some leeway on, on a lead or, or coming back into a game. But that, that's his lot in life, and nothing wrong with that. Team captain, great communicator. He's good for the guys, good for team morale, everything. Like, they love Javin. Like, that's, that's, that's what he does for this team, so let it be that. Like, no need to force him into a role or an area that is just not comfortable for him, not comfortable for the team. So the double-double guy, eh, he's not going to get enough minutes to be the double-double guy. And the three-point shooting guy, Please no. But everything you Jav, those hustle plays, diving for the ball, please continue that. Continue that for, for, for six to eight minutes, and, and we'll be fine. Yeah, I, I'll give him the communication part. I think that that's where he has to shine, uh, be mm-hmm. that, that back-line communicator. All right, let's, mm-hmm. move to the AC, let's move to the ACC rundown. We've had seven ACC matchups in the last two days. Uh, and I want to start right at the top, AC, your Virginia Tech Hokies, who you said would not win a single ACC game <laughs> this season. Would, Actually, it took they went to Clemson and took them out. So we'll start there, and then we'll also talk about uh, the beatdown that Virginia put on Syracuse, holding them to 34 points at home. Uh, North Carolina, unfortunately, beating Notre Dame. Yeah. And really, the, the story there is Cole Anthony, the guy just mm-hmm. lit it up. He's going to be the best player in the country. Just stomach that now. Uh, He's going to put up Trey Young-type numbers. Uh, And then let's give a shout-out to two other people. One, Jeff Cable uh, for going and beating Florida State 63-61. And then let's give a shout-out to our our guy, Derek Thornton, who's now at Boston College. A lot of people don't realize that. He had a really nice game to beat with Florida 77-70. And Derek Thornton had 34 minutes. 7 of 14, 2 of 3 from 3, and 23 points. Uh, big shout-out to him. Uh, I'm rooting for him. I don't know if all yep. Duke, uh, Duke fans are, but but I certainly am. But, AC, talk to us about the ACC schedule and your Virginia Tech Hokies. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, no, but number one, big shout-out to the Hokies. Big win. That was that was a huge win. So they beat they beat an, a, an okay Clemson team at home, and, and now that they beat Clemson, you know, maybe Clemson looks a little worse than they are. This this is weird. This before we get into the game, this this the schedule, the ACC schedule is odd. ACC network is driving it. Starting conference play out first game of the season is that's brutal, man. It's not easy. It's very difficult. That's one reason why we're seeing a lot of these close games. A lot of these games were close that if they started in December and January like they typically do, 
you might see some bigger outcomes or some big, some bigger disparity in these games. But there are a lot of close games and a lot of teams won some games that they may or may not have won otherwise. Georgia Tech getting a big win at NC State, very difficult to do. You know, now, you know, does it look like Kevin Keats is in trouble there? I don't know, man. But, no, the, the Hokies going into Clemson, not expecting much, man. Talking to people in the offseason, not expecting much yet. Like, they, Mike Young has, like, a five-year leash right now, like, they're like, make, make, please make any tournament, like the CBI tournament within the next five years, and we'll be happy with how things are moving because there's just so much loss when Buzz Williams left. But right away, he comes in, gets a, gets a good win in Clemson. Landers Nolly, he didn't get to play last year. There was a big hullabaloo about his ATC score or ACT score not matching up with his normal grades in class, things like that trying to make him prove that he could get that score again. They made him retake the test twice to make sure he could get that score again. Like just some really, some really inane and dumb stuff that the NCAA did there with that situation proves him wrong, but they still don't let him play. So then now he gets to come out this year, show what he can do. He's a really good shooter, six, seven wing, great shooter, had 30 points against Clemson. That's that, that is the reason why tech won. You know, they, they got to find some offense somewhere else. He's, he is the offense at the moment. Got to find somebody else who can do it because he's not going to get 30 every night. But it was a great performance by him, great performance by the team. You mentioned right. Pittsburgh. Was, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, look, I, I promise my, our, our audience that this is the last time I'm going to let AC just run with the Virginia Tech stuff. That was you two know, minutes. That's two minutes. That is two minutes longer than we need to hear about Virginia Tech. I am sorry for our audience. But I do want to talk about North Carolina. I do oh, want to talk oh, about wow. North Carolina. What? So, what? Yeah, I want to talk about Cole Anthony. We can't talk about Tech, but you want to talk about North Carolina? I want to talk what about our Arch I don't care about Virginia Tech. You've gone I insane, care, man. I do care about what North Carolina is doing. They're eight miles down the road. I hate Gross. them. But yeah. Cole Anthony is, in my opinion, the best player in the country. Her average oh, you're 25 a and right nine. Now, it sounds like, sounds uh, like you're a Tar Heel fan right now, man. Don't, don't, don't get defensive now because I told you after Virginia Tech. But, you know, seriously, Cole Anthony, is anybody going to stop him this entire year? And no. does, does Carolina have enough help on no. their team, on their roster, to be able to support him? Not yet. Not yet. Maybe Again, any team can get better. Any team can show – can, can create offense out of tools and pieces you have. They They have a couple guys who can shoot the ball. They have some big guys available. They're not – very skilled, but they are available to to at least try to catch the ball in the post and go to work a little bit with it. Baycott's a work in progress. Garrison Brooks is not a scorer. Huffman is not a scorer. So I mean, but but they have those pieces are available. But Cole, it's gonna have to be the Cole Anthony show for them for a long time, and then maybe mid season they get get a little bit of uh, momentum going and 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 can create some offense out of the things that they have. But then when it comes to tournament time, the tournament. The one thing the tournament does, it puts a huge spotlight on all of your shortcomings. So as as good as their offense may look in January, come March, every team is going to be scheming against what they do, which is do not let Cole Anthony get off. So whether it's going to take some double teams, oh. whether you see box and one type defenses, things like that, you know, they're going to do everything they can to make his life miserable and force those other guys, force Andrew Playtech to be the lead scorer. They're going to everybody's going to do that. So. Are they going to be able to do it? It's not going to be easy. He is a great player. It pains me to say it. He's a great player. Good for UNC to have him. But he's he is their team at the moment, and he's going to be their team when it comes in March. 
And finally, I want to wrap up the ACC rundown, just talking about Virginia. They, you know, held Syracuse to 34 points. Uh, yeah. You know, with, with how much they lost, you know, granted they only scored 48, but with how much they lost, is this going to be another Virginia defense where they're just, it's going to be a snoozer to watch, but they're going to hold, you know, teams to 50 to 60 points a night. As long as Tony Bennett draws breath on this planet and is a head coach, then yeah, that's exactly what you're going to see. Like, it doesn't matter who's on the team. They don't need Kyle Guy, DeAndre Hunter to do it. They've done it before them, and they'll do it after them. They're, they're going to slow the game way down, playing their blocker mover offense. And then when it comes to the defense, they are going to just pack line you to death and force you out. I thought Syracuse would at least have some efficiency shooting the three, and they just didn't. They're, they are presumably are a good three-point shooting team, and they can be, but UVA forces you out of your easy shots. They force you to take difficult shots. And they don't allow you to pass across the defense. And that's something that Syracuse is going to want to do. And they can't do it to get those three. So great defensive performance by them. Always. They will always, always, always have a great defensive performance. He's going to recruit the guys to be able to play it. And that's just how it's going to go, man. And that's, that is, you will always be able to expect that out of EVA. Well, Duke's first game against uh, an ACC opponent actually is going to be at Virginia Tech on December 6th. So we do Mm -hmm. have a little bit of time. we got a month before our first ACC game. But let's stick with the Duke news here. Mm -hmm. We had two commitments since our last podcast. Uh, One expected on November 1st, which was Mark Williams, the big fella, coming in next year. He was a guy that you likened to Casey Sanders a little bit uh, Mm -hmm. in that that kind of mold. And then the second guy we're going to talk about, A.J. Griffin, where we felt great about him he's a top five top 10 kid in 2021 built like a brick shithouse hmm. uh i weren't excited for him we, mm-hmm. we we thought that he would choose duke but not when he did right. so first of all let's talk about Mark Williams. what kind of game does he have he is like i like i mentioned he's he's casey sanders and he's the guy i, I think he can become the player that that coach k envisioned in casey and even to some degree, Eric Boateng, a, a shot, shot deflector, shot blocker, shot changer, get some rebounds out of your area, make hustle plays. And when you have the opportunities to score, use your athleticism, your God-given athleticism that he has to, to get down the floor and score. He runs like a gazelle on the break as a 7-1 guy. That's, that's impressive to watch. Those are all the things that Kate wanted for Casey Sanders, and it just never panned out. Mark Williams, the one thing he has over Casey is his hands. He has, he actually has hands like he can catch the ball. So, you know, that, that's something that played Casey throughout his entire career. Whereas Mark is not going to struggle with that, you know, from the, from the get go. So they'll, they'll be able to to pass him the ball at times and see if he can make a play out of it. So, you know, let's, we, we've desperately wanted a big guy in this class. We desperately needed a big guy to go along with this class. We have one, but let's not, Let's not put the world on his shoulders as if he's going to be Vernon Carey or Jaleel Okafor. Like, that's not who he is. That's not what he's going to do. He's coming in to help on defense, help on rebounds. Like, that's, that's his lot to start, this, to start his career out. So let's, you know, let's be, be happy and thankful for that, that we have that option, and, you know, and, and see how the rest of this class pans itself out and, and see what Kay can do with it. And let's talk about a top 10 kid who really – by all explanations, can do it all. AJ Griffin. Yeah, top top ten is is underselling where he'll probably end up. He's he's going to be a top five player, if not even higher, by the time his class graduates, and he deserves it. He is 
an exceptional shooter, shoots 46% from three and 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 every level he shot 46 percent from three in usa basketball and and the summer circuits and in his high school he had he lost half of his high school season last year but up until that point shot 47 percent for three so great three-point shooter sees the floor like a point guard makes great passes exceptional exceptional passes and duke fans rejoice he is a dog on defense he loves playing defense defends like a champion that's what he's gonna do and he can score on top of that. He's he takes the ball to the cup. He's got a good tight handle, gets the ball in, in tight spaces, knows how to use his body. He's very fluid. He can get in between splits. It, it just the way he he moves his body in the air to avoid offensive fouls and to avoid pressure on shot blocks is just something to watch and behold. The kid is good. He is very good. I can't say enough about this pickup. And it's great that we get him first because now, you know, there are guys who are gonna want to play with him. They, they're guys already who love playing with the guy. And, you know, this is only going to help with guys like Max Christie and Patrick Baldwin and, and Paolo Banchero because they don't want they don't want to be do it all guys on one team, singular entity. They want to be on a team with good players, with a chance to go somewhere. And you always have a chance to go somewhere with Adrian Griffin. Yeah, it's going to be unbelievable to have him on campus. His body alone uh, for a very young 16 years old. Yeah, he's like the youngest player in his class. Yeah, it's it's incredible, and like you said, he's he's one of those infectious guys that uh, are going to attract other top flight players. So we're really lucky mm-hmm. to have him, especially with how early he committed uh, in his yeah. junior year. So, and, so that's that's pretty that's pretty awesome. And being able to pair him with Patrick Baldwin will be that'll be enormous, man. Because you get you get two guys who do that. You get two guys who are super infectious. Their their level of play is infectious. The way they play on defense makes the rest of the team want to play. Like it's it's gonna be great. It, it really is gonna be great if we can if we can lock Patrick Baldwin down and have him with with AJ Griffin. All right, and so let's wrap this thing up and talk about the two games we do have coming up. Next play. We mm-hmm. have uh, Colorado State on Friday at seven p.m. on the ACC Network, and then on Tuesday at twelve we have Central Arkansas also at seven p.m on the ACC network. Let's start with Colorado State. The first question I'm going to ask you, because I have absolutely no clue who Colorado State <laughs> is in terms of a basketball program. Uh, a, who are they? And B, is it a good matchup for someone like, I don't know, uh, Joey Baker to get some minutes? <laughs> yes, to that second question. I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm not a Colorado State basketball expert, but they are a small ball team. And that is where you would hope that Joey Baker could help affect the game by coming in and being, you know, like like being in that four position where he's guarding whoever their tallest player on the floor might be or second tallest player on the floor might be. And then getting his the chance to get on the offensive end and do what he's supposed to do, which is you set up for your three, we'll find you if you're open and you shoot it, you better knock it down. It, so this game shouldn't be a challenge. You know, in no way should this game be a challenge, and we should see if Joey, you know, if it's not a challenge, does does K allow Joey to get into the game and get some tick? You know, hopefully he does because this is the exact situation. Like Joey's going to be a matchup player all year. He's going to be depending on the matchup that we play. He's going to be in the game for those types of matchups. Kansas was not ideal for him because that was a, a big athletic game. That's not his game. This is one of those games that's closer to his game. Smaller guys on the floor, space to shoot. That's the type of game you want Joey Baker in. 
zone teams, that's the type of game you want Joey Baker in. So this is going to be a game where you hope you hope that he gets on the floor and, and shows whether or not he can do what he's asked to do. So, you know, that, that's what we're looking at in Colorado State. It should be a big win. Duke should roll away with it. You know, let's 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 say let's say eighty five to, to sixty. That's a pretty good line. Uh, I think that, you know, not knowing anything about Colorado State, it's really going to determine what kind of offensive output we have. I, you have to think that we have a lot of confidence uh, coming in, but that comes without even playing well offensively for the most part. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I like Cassius Stanley in this matchup to mm-hmm. just out-athlete people, give him something like 18 points in his home debut at Cameron. Give me a very, very similar score, though, uh, 84 to 58. Um, Moving on to uh, Central Arkansas, I don't think Scotty Pippen is coming (laughs) out of that tunnel. So, uh, you know, you're you're a bit Central Arkansas fan. Oh, uh, yeah. Huge. Uh, I'm just going to give you a score because I'm going to let you talk about how – you know, what their program is all about for the next five minutes. Uh, and give me uh, give me Duke in this one. And uh, let me say that uh, Ronan Carey will have a big night, 22 points, uh, 11 boards, and three blocks. And Duke rolls 94 to 49. Big time blowout against, okay. the, Shani, against the Shani Pippins. Yeah, no, I th- for not knowing much about Central Arkansas, I think you're about right because this is a bigger team. They have they roll out three seven footers. Russ Pinnell is their head coach. You may or may not remember him from the late two thousands, two thousand eight, two thousand nine, when Lute Olson retired from Arizona. He was their interim coach, stepped in for a year, ended up going elsewhere. So you know he's their coach. He plays that big Lute Olson style where he likes those big guys on the floor, likes to feed the post. So this is going to be a more traditional game that I think Vernon's going to shine in. Like you mentioned, that that twenty two line and, and eleven boards is probably going to be about right because he's going to be playing against those big guys and they're going to be feeding him the ball. Central Arkansas just lost to to Baylor like 105 to 61. So if Baylor can score 105 on them, I think we can too. So I'm giving Duke 110 and I'm giving Central Arkansas 55. Yeah, the only thing I knew about Central Arkansas is that score that I saw. Yeah. So that's where I based it off of. All right. Hey, first of all, great win against mm-hmm. Kansas to kick off our year. We're going back home to Cameron on Friday night. I can't wait to check it out. This is going to be an interesting year. Let's just stay positive, stay together. This team needs us. Let's go do. Go do. Thank you for tuning in. This has been the Five Point Play Podcast.